Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of Troy Talks podcast. Uh, I have a special guest uh, with me today. Uh, And and what's so special uh, about uh, her as female is uh, one of the things is I know her personally. She's here on the Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, She is a entrepreneur, a business owner, an event planner, a mother, uh, also a widow. And we may want to talk about that a, a little bit, but uh, I've always admired her, uh, met her some years ago, uh, and I want to present to some and introduce to others, Lashana DeVille. Lashana, again, it's my honor, my pleasure to have you here. Uh, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate this, Troy. I really appreciate it. I said, I hope I can live up to your expectations with this today. <laughs> <laughs> you just here is, is live, live the, to my expectations. So, Lashana, I've heard your story of how you started your business, the event room. Yes. Can you tell my audience how that came about? Well, um, I started my business, the event room, um, in 2014. And I did that um, after losing my husband tragically to the war in Afghanistan in 2011. Um, Before that, I was a social worker uh, doing forensic interviews for Okaloosa and Walton County um, so that kids didn't have to testify in court. And while I was married, um, I always did events on the side. That was my little side hustle. And my husband would always tell me, get your business going. When I retire, I'm gonna work for you. And when he was killed in Afghanistan in 2011, I stopped working for about a year. And I went back, sat at my desk and maybe three months, I said, you know what? I can't do this. I've always, if you met me in my social work realm, it was not a good thing. And I just wanted to serve happiness. So I um, actually started my business and I said, you know what? He is going to work for me. So I left my job and the next month I purchased um, what they call a business condo (laughs) (laughs) and just started the event room. So it, and I've been here about eight years now. And what I do is weddings, events I do planning outside of these walls and it just it's been going for the last eight years I just just um came up on the 11th year of losing my husband um June 26th was year 11 and it's so crazy to say that out loud but I'm here let's talk about that um you had a special event um back on June 26th, was it June the 26th or another day, that special event in the area uh, for your late husband? Um, what event are you referring to? Something um, in Fort Walton, was it something you was honoring him, uh, uh, some type of event? I've seen some of the, the, the pictures on uh, Facebook uh, and I'm not for sure exactly what you had, but it was in the Fort Walton area and you was having something for him just recently. Oh, okay. You're talking about the memorials. So, um, well, the Ruck March every June 26th. So for the last 10 years, um, the EOD shop on Eglin has um, 
done a ruck march in my husband's honor and I go and I ruck with the guys. So for anybody who is military, the guys are wearing those big sacks or not military that don't know what a ruck march is. They're wearing weighted sacks and they are basically um, walking. Some Sometimes they will have on the bomb suit. It's too hot to have on a bomb suit right now right, to be out right. there because um, my husband was EOD. So every June 26th, seven o'clock in the morning, I get out there and walk with these guys. Some of them run, some of them walk, um, and then talk to a crowd of um, military members just about who my husband was. I have, it's been 11 years and I just wanted to keep his legacy alive, keep who he was alive, um, because I feel like that's, that's my duty as his widow to do that. Um, the building that um, my husband worked in on Eglin is named after him. And I tell them, as long as I'm in this area, me, my, myself and my kids will be there. Um, my, some of my friends show up some years, my family has showed up, his family has showed up. And we just keep it going, you know, keep this going every year. Now his nickname was Peanut, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Tell us, tell us about him. Let's let's talk about him, who he was, his nickname. Tell us about Peanut. So I met Daniel, who um, who is definitely known as Peanut. No one in his family, even people in the military, higher rank, never called him Daniel or Sergeant Deville. Everyone called him Peanut. So Peanut, from what I'm told, was a name that his grandmother gave him when he was a baby and she said he was so tiny and he looked like a little peanut so it was just a name that stuck with him um when I met him and I you know asked him his name and he told me peanut I said um is that on your birth certificate like what did your mother name you um he was so much more than a military man a lot of people focus on that because you know of how he you know passed but he was definitely an awesome husband, dedicated father, and a clown. When I say clown, he was a comedian. If he, when he walked in the room, the party started. He made everybody laugh. Definitely made um, everybody drink. <laughs> um, his personality when he walked in just lit up a room. And you know, a lot of people say, you know. He, you know, he died because he loved his country so much. And I say, no, he died because he loved his family so much. Mm -hmm. He all, he was definitely a man of God. And he always told me that he had to do right by us because when he left to be with God, he would have to give him an account of what he did. So he definitely, um, we were, I can't even lie to you, Lori, in church, Sunday school, everything with our kids every Sunday. Um, he's actually a um, PK. Um, so he just he just always wanted to do the right thing. I'm taking notes. Uh, <laughs> Lashana. When you found out that uh, he was uh, killed, what was your first reaction? How did, what, what went through your mind? 
honestly, if I'm very, very transparent with you, I, um, I already knew, I already knew, and I don't know if it's intuition, what it is. Um, I had actually, um, some people would say, I'll say this, and he knew this about me. Some people would call me a seer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would see things Mm -hmm. and my husband told me if I ever saw anything don't about him, don't tell him. Okay. And before he deployed, I absolutely did. And this deployment, like I said, if I'm transparent, I'll tell you, I knew he wasn't coming back. Um, I think he knew. I found out later he tried to get more insurance, Mm -hmm. um, but he couldn't because of the nature of his job. His job was very dangerous. You know, we knew it. the day that I found out though, the day that I found out with the kids and I were doing things all day, went to church that day. I kept them from home all day. And I remember that night, BT Awards on, I'm dancing in front of the TV and I watched the vein that um, the military mm-hmm. you know, person I was in, I watched them pull up to my house. My blinds were open, I watched them pull up. And I looked out and I said, not today. I already knew who they were when they were pulling up. Okay. I honestly think I opened the door for them before they rang my doorbell. Mm -hmm. And if anybody wants to know what that's like, literally how you see it in a movie, that is absolutely what it's like. And I could see that they were holding back, trying not to cry. (laughs) Mm-hmm. as they were telling them wow um that definitely be a day i'll never forget yeah and it was you know i, I <laughs> thinking back on that day is uh it's hard but it's my truth it's right. what happened so how tough was it to know and, and then tell him. And, and do you think if you would have told him he wouldn't have went or he was going to go anyway? Um, well, when you're in the military, you really have no choice. That's true. <laughs> um, it was definitely tough not to tell him. I do remember the day I saw, the day I saw it. Um, mm-hmm. I've shared this story, but I don't share it a whole lot, but I'm going to definitely share it with you. So um, when you're married, Sometimes, you know, you're laying in bed next to your significant other and you look over and you just like admire, you know, like, oh, you know, you know. So that morning I looked over at him and what I saw was different and it was, he was dead. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to shake it off because I already know (laughs) what's going on. I remember I got out the bed, got in the shower and just cried. And I said, God, you are about to take him from me. I love this man so much. Why are you doing this? Why is this, why is this happening? And I remember he, um, you know, before he deployed, he went to training. He went to training like every week. And because it was in Panama city, he got to come home 
And this was actually one of the weekends that he had came home. Mm-hmm. And every time he left to go back to training, I gave him like the hardest time. Like I didn't want him to leave. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, um, and he'd be like, girl, like we, he, he told me we've been through this. We've been through this a lot of times, you know, you know, we doing this and I just didn't want him to leave. And I remember um, before he left that morning when I took him to the airport, he said, girl, we've been through this. We've been through this a couple of times. You know what? You, you like, we're going to be okay. Right. And I just, I knew it. I knew it, knew it, knew it. And it was so crazy the way things happened because he had just actually came back from a deployment. Mm-hmm. October of 2010. Um, and eight weeks after he came back from that deployment, he was like, we need to talk. And he was like, I got to deploy again in May. Now, my words wasn't real Christian like <laughs> when he told me. Right. Because I'm, I'm like, what? Like, you just got back. What? Yeah. You know, and I guess at that time, it wasn't a lot of people that could feel that that slot. They need so many, you know, staff sergeants, so many tech sergeants, so many. So he was up again. And I said, well, we got to move. We got to move everything. We, we were living in Navarre. Everything we do is in Fort Walton. Let's, you know, so literally December, he told me he Okay, I got to deploy in May. December, we started looking for a house. We closed on our house February 1st. March, he left for training. April, we had our house warming. May, he deployed. In June, he died. Hmm. Everything, ha- I felt like everything happened back to back. And I spent a lot, people don't realize, you know, being a military spouse, it's not for the faint of heart. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I- a lot of time raising kids and doing things on my own Mm -hmm. um and now I feel like God was preparing me all along like I couldn't understand why some days I still question why (laughs) you know why um but I was being prepared and had no clue yeah so when it happened were you angry with God? Um, I wasn't angry with God. I think I leaned into God. I was confused. Um, he was the good one. God, there's so many dads out here that don't care. So many husbands that treat their wives wrong. True. Why? Why him? Yeah. You know, um, I never got angry with God, but I do feel like my relationship with God kind of dissipated, kind of like went on the back burner mm-hmm. at some point because I think I started being, um, I know I started being rebellious. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, did I mean, the things that I did and I'm just, like I said, I like to say, because we're human, like I got into I got into a relationship four months later with someone who basically was conning me, Mm -hmm. you know, 
um, that was that lasted six years. I had another child. I let someone live with me when that wasn't my character, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it was all to avoid sitting in the grief. Okay. Okay. So when that relationship that I got into was over, now here I am having to heal from two for two things. Right. Right. Two relationships. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was that really beat me down. Yeah. Especially from everything that I endured in that. You know, I started um, blaming myself for my husband's death. I started, you know, there was there was so many things. It, it was survivor's remorse definitely mm-hmm. going on. Um, so many things feeling guilty about. And I had to realize that I was, when my husband died, I was 33 years old. 33 years old, three children. I had been with him since I was 18. So I had to navigate life and I didn't know how to. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize at some point in my life that I could no longer hold my 40, now 44 year old self (laughs) (laughs) responsible for my 33 year olds. Okay. I'm two different, two different people. But some of that stuff, I can't tell you that that stuff doesn't come back and hit me in the face because the enemy always wants to remind you of who you were. Right. True. So what would you say out of all this, both of the relationships? I got two questions here. (laughs) What the greatest thing that you learned or you could still be learning? and, And the second thing what would you share with someone who's listened to this that may be a widow or military widow just recent? Mm-hmm-hmm. I can tell you the greatest relationship, um, the greatest lesson I learned outside of the relationship after that was to own my part in it. Okay understand the difference between love and codependency and I and understand the important the importance of your singleness that I mean for widows or just anybody who's single like understand that during your singleness God has time to deposit some things in you that you can't get when the noise is loud say that again (laughs) God has some things that he wants to deposit into you, but you cannot receive them when the noise is loud. And I can't sit here and tell you I'm perfect, that I get everything right, um, because I don't. Um, It's a constant pivot, a constant forgiving myself every day. His, his mercies are new. So I got to remember that mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got to give myself some grace, but my single time, I, during that time, I really realized I can do this. I, I, I can be by myself. I can, you know, hit some goals and do some things. You know, I don't know what God has for me 
but I got to figure out who I am outside of another person. Mm -hmm. And so I took the time to do that. Um, and that made me realize that I'm important. So now in dating, I still have to realize I'm important. Right. Me first. Um, my mental health is important. Um, and that's, of course, you know, mental health is, you know, when we when we were growing up, we were taught that black people, especially we don't go to counseling. True. That's true. We don't, uh, <laughs> we don't do any of that. And I have definitely been in counseling on and off for the last 11 years um, because I need it. Yeah. So uh, counseling is actually how I started the event room. My therapist said, do you want coulda, shoulda, us 10 years later? So, and here I am, this is eight years here. So, I want to shift a little bit. Okay. I, I want to talk about, uh, I, I, I want to get to the event room, but I'm enjoying this, what you're sharing, because I really think what you're saying, uh, LaShana, going to help a lot of people. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that you, you just touched on, singleness. See, what I've learned is many people look at marriage as a blessing and singleness is a curse. <laughs> and each has its pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And so you've just got to be patient in whatever season you're in to allow God to bless you. And like you said, deposit things in you without the noise. Granted, it's always good to have somebody, you know, with you, you know, uh, when you have, uh, you know, physical, emotional, uh, financial needs, it's always good to have somebody, somebody, somebody else. But what I do find out is that many people and majority of women look for a man for that codependency instead of really learning who they are and establishing and accomplishing things on the on and then wait for God. So tell me about this singleness and dating. How is it in the 21st century? Uh, now, and let me say one other thing and then I'm gonna let you talk. <laughs> I look at 21st century dating. This is, this is Troy's philosophy. Now I've been married 31 years, but I ain't always been married. I ain't always been saved in the church. <laughs> so uh, I can speak to some of this, but what, what I, what I, what I, what I view how people look at dating, it's like a paper cup. When you get finished using it, you throw it away and get another one. There's no uh, true commitment because it's a paper cup. Hmm. Tell me your. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds like something I have heard before. I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you, but I heard it a little different. Okay. So. In going in my singleness, and in, in, in I'm still doing it. I, in in my healing as well. I listened a lot, a lot to a lot of sermons. A lot. That's. I think I posted the other day. I listened to sermons when I woke up, and sermons to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like it was an all day thing. And one one particular, um, pastor that I listened to a whole lot is Michael Todd. Okay. Um. And Michael Todd has this series called Relationship Goals. Okay. 
and he's done relationship goals reloaded. And so that's what I listen to a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what do I want? And one thing he said, he said, he said a lot of stuff, but one thing he said was dating was actually practicing divorce. And that sounds like that paper cut you're talking about. Another thing he said, I think that really hit me was God loves, you know, he, he loves marriage. He honors marriage. He loves us to have relationships and we're meant, we're meant to do that. But, you know, you know, two is better than one. Mm -hmm. Two is, and he said, two is better than one. Two is better than one at being successful and two is better than one at screwing up right (laughs) and so that just hit me like okay I have to be very careful about who I let in my life because four months after my husband died I wasn't careful at all (laughs) I wasn't careful and now I have an (laughs) eight-year-old when my oldest is 25 Right. (laughs) But I wasn't careful. And now I'm very, very particular. Um, I have only dated two people Mm -hmm. since, you know, and I'm just very particular about who I let in my life, who I let in my children's life. I have to definitely watch moves, watch their relationship with God. You know, I've been told (laughs) I don't know how to let a man lead. No, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem letting man leave. My Bible says that um, my my own husband should leave me. <laughs> so right, right. when I talked to my friends, I said, no, it says my own husband should leave me, not my own boyfriend. Right. So, um, but dating, dating in this uh, time frame, me and my friends joke and clown, and we say the dating pool definitely has pee in it. Um, it is what it is. It's always it's always something. And it's hard to find someone who is sincere, who, you know, is willing to protect you, protect your heart. Mm-hmm. I know what I've been through and I'm not going to waste my time telling you what I've been through if I know what your intentions are. Right. So if I date, it is definitely with the purpose mm-hmm. and I am definitely um on what the intentions are right um do you think uh the the, uh the right after uh your husband passing that uh the man the young man took advantage of your grief absolutely 100 percent okay 100 percent um that is who that's that's another talk over some wine, one hundred percent. But it wasn't, you know. I like I said, I had to look at my role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular person goes from woman to one. You know, it has right. to have someone. Gotcha. Um, is a user, yeah. and I had no clue because mm-hmm. when somebody is love bombing you, it feels so good, and. What I had to learn is that love and codependency look and feel like the same thing. And they're absolutely 
you know, they're two different things. So for me, you know, I had to sit back and go, okay, what was he giving me in that moment? Mm. That's why I'm talking about what was my role in it. He Mm. was filling a space, you know, he was filling a need, Mm -hmm. you know, because I had been married since I was 18 and now I'm 33 Mm -hmm. with three kids, no husband, you know, and I provided, I provided a home vehicle. I paid all the bills. I had never paid bills. I know, I know. (laughs) I had never, I was a wife that never paid bills. My husband did everything. My money was my money. Mm -hmm. And if I was short on money, he'd say, look, I put some money in your account. Watch what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here here it was, like the first man that gave me some attention, you know, I believed. I believed a lot of things. And I was naive at the time because you are you are a walking zombie (laughs) when you're going through this stuff you are a zombie you function in every well I function I got up every day I know some people can't and don't yeah I got up every day but I was literally a zombie I it was I was doing what I had to do so but one day I woke up out that fog (laughs) (laughs) And I packed the stuff. So <laughs> I know that's right. I remember my sister, my sister, my blood sister called me. I can't remember what it, it was. She was asking me about something. I I don't know if it's relationship. Well, I can't remember, but it was some years ago. And what I told her, and and and, and it came from, from God because God gave me wisdom. And I told my sister, I said, uh, don't let your emotions cloud your judgment. That's Absolutely. what happens when we're grieving, when Absolutely. we're hurting, uh, even when we're angry, our emotions cloud our judgment and we can't make good, solid, wise decisions because we're, 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 we're operating out of a hurt, not grief. And, yes. you know, and people, and then people can take advantage. That's why I say uh, <clears throat> when, uh, when a person have a, a death in the family mm-hmm. and you go to the funeral home, Many of those are salespeople there. Yes. They, they, they know emotionally, your, your judgment is clouded. We buy on emotion. I'm sorry. Yes. We justify it on logic. And so, so I, you know, I, they'll go there and say, oh, well, you know, this casket, you, your loved one, you know, you want to, and, and I'm under persuasion, you know, uh, being a minister, I'm under the persuasion. I'm a, a life insurance agent. I told my wife, cremate me. Don't waste no money on the funeral. You know, it's a cremate me. You say, I want you to keep the keep the money. And I, you know, just, just save money. And so, mm-hmm. emotions uh, are clouded uh, by uh, by our judgment um, uh, many times. So, Lashana, the event room. Yes. Tell us about the event room and how. Uh, 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 now, people don't have to be here locally to use the event room, correct? No, honestly, majority of my clientele is not local. Um, of course, I love my local clients, but majority of my customers are um, doing destination weddings. Okay. Um, and they want to come to the beautiful Fort Walton Beach and Destin area for weddings or family reunions. Um, so the event room is just, um, it was just, you know, I'm from New Orleans, so I, li- I love the party, you know, 
Right. And I kind of wanted to bring that here. People always say, well, what, what made you think of that? It was just, we have spots like that there and we didn't have one here. Um, now there's a few that have popped up here since, but um, it is definitely um, a spot for weddings and people, weddings, baby showers, any event that you can think of. I do a lot of retirements. Um, it is a one-stop shop. So we do have a catering team um, on-site, uh, DJ, bartending, anything that you can think of for your event, I um, provide it. And what a lot of people don't know, what they get excited about when they come in here is that I am actually a planner. Um, I am an event planner. And a lot of times when you go to rent a venue, you just get the venue and you got to make it happen. Got and it. so with me, I sit down with my customers and I talk vision. I talk budget. I talk, you know, mm -hmm. how do we make this thing happen? Um, and this is honestly what brings, what puts me in a happy space because now I'm serving happiness. Mm -hmm. Whereas before when I was doing social work, my job was to put the bad guy in jail. I work for child protection team. So my job was to put the bad guy in jail. And now with this, I get to serve happiness. I get to see people, you know, make lifetime decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, some people actually have their ceremonies in here, you know. So I've done weddings for people and then come back later and did their baby showers. Okay. Um, it's definitely a happy environment to be in. Um, the only downfall I'll say, because a lot of people in business don't talk about this, is you spend a lot of time by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has been, you know, sometimes you get inside your own head. Um, I was listening to another podcast that you did. Uh, his name was Eric. And I was trying, I was like, man. Twig, Eric Twigs, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was talking about like pivoting and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, like own it. It's your mindset. And one thing, and I wrote it down, he said, 80% of your self-talk is negative. And sure even, even me, people look at me and they see this powerful, great woman and I don't always see her. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is definitely my self-talk sometimes. True. You know, so that stood out to me when I was listening to, um, that one like and i'm like okay he's right you know yeah. it's in it's in your head and we have to get out of our own head and sometimes that's hard when you spend majority of the time by yourself i think people think my life is so fabulous all right yeah because, and all right. they don't realize that i spend a lot of time by myself yeah and, and and i get the same thing people think you know they they see me uh you never see me down you never see me discouraged I'm always encouraging others, always supporting others. Uh, and you never know some of the stuff I go through unless you sit down and have a conversation. Exactly. And you, you'd probably be crying once I told you everything <laughs> I was going through. <laughs> because people assume, you know, yeah, that's right. the biggest thing is people yeah. assume. And sometimes I let them and sometimes I go, yeah. you know what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to so, ask you one other thing about um, a, a, a center around the event room. This is controversial. Uh -oh. um, so, uh, and when I first met you, we had some conversations about this. How has it been being a uh, black woman 
in the Northwest Florida area, how have you been treated uh, at times? Ooh, being a Black woman in business in the Northwest Florida area. Whoa. <laughs> well, I can tell you that I, I'm going to start with the good stuff. I'm so happy right now that in this time frame, there are more Black businesses popping up. Pensacola, Fort Walton, they're coming around. Um, eight years ago when I started the event room, I felt so alone. I felt like I had nobody to talk to. Um, I would ask, you know, ask people for information. They wouldn't share. And I had to figure out a lot on my own. Um, I had to mess up on my, you know, a lot of my own, but I think that just comes with business as well. Um, and you wanted people to get use the event room for free. I know that. Oh yes, people people told me all the time, you know, um, this will be a good opportunity for you. And the opportunity was always, you know, wanting it for free um, for them to hold an event. Um, I So many times I was, you know, here and people thought, they'd say, oh, do you work here? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, I, a lot of times I didn't tell people I owned it. A lot of times, I remember when I first started, I didn't want my face on the website. And I just started saying, you know what? If people don't want to work with me because of who they see on the website, then they're not my customer anyway. And so, yes, now I'm definitely, I'm definitely on there. I think I've definitely made a name for myself mm -hmm. here, but it has, it has been difficult um, because the market is saturated with weddings in this area because we're, you know, we're in beautiful Destin. Mm -hmm. um, but our faces is not who we see being promoted. We are not the poster children <laughs> for weddings and events and True. lots of things in this area. Um, maybe you might see it a little more, a touch here and there more. Um, but I definitely think that we need to create more of a space for it here people need to know that we are here sure. and we can we can do this thing too i have a friend of mine uh and i'm not going to reveal too much information because people might know but uh he just on he just opened up a uh insurance agency and he was talking to a, a guy caucasian guy mm -hmm. and the caucasian guy was telling him to put his picture on his business cards mm -hmm. or uh, it was a business card or some type of uh, and, and, and he told him, nah, nah, that wouldn't be a good idea. He's new. He's trying to get established mm -hmm. uh, in the area. They see that it's, he's a black male. Mm -hmm. it, 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 we, me and you know that it can be a strike against us mm -hmm. because we won't be given the opportunity to prove what we can do. People just see our color mm -hmm. and uh, they were, they will um, just disregard us. Now, there's some people gonna say, I don't believe that. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> we 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 know that. You just you just if you was in our shoes, you you would know that. And and the reason why I brought this up and I said controversial, uh, Lashana, because like I said, I know back then because that's why I would stop by there just to support you when I was when I was running in there. I knew you was the only one up there because uh, I was the only one. 
<laughs> so and, and we know we know that the conversation is different like yeah. of course i love everybody and i welcome everybody but unfortunately everybody doesn't welcome you true um true. i realized i was you know i i just don't want to be the token yeah if you feel a, if you feel a way about black people I'm probably not the best person to have right, right. <laughs> in your corner because you cannot smile in my black face mm -hmm. and and talk about people or refer to people as certain things and think I'm not gonna say anything because I'm right. not that I'm not that one. Right. I'm not yes. That one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, because sometimes she speak out on Facebook and sometimes I do too. <laughs> I probably say a little too much. Sometimes I feel like I probably say way. I tried to calm down a little bit. <laughs> oh Lord! But because you know what, I, I it's and and we, me and my friends, we talk about this. Definitely being black and being a black woman, we always got the you're the angry black woman, and it's not that. True. It's not that at all. Other people get to be passionate about topics. Other people need to get to say how they feel. And if you reveal how you feel, it is you're angry. Yeah. You know, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Right. You know, but I but I need to say this because if I don't say it, then you're gonna think it's okay to say right. it or do it to the next person. Right. Well, if a black woman says she's angry, if a white woman saying she's passionate, mm -hmm. so, so so we uh, and, and many times you don't express because you don't want people to misinterpret it to think that you're an angry I, black woman. You know, yes, and, I have and, sat in a room and and held back what I've had to say. Um, I've had a friend put her hand on my leg and say, "Don't say, it. don't say anything," <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> you know and i just think we're i actually think we're done with that yeah i agree i agree, I we're agree. Done with and if you don't if you on linkedin you will see a lot of black women speaking out you know and 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 for those you know that's listening uh to this podcast uh i'm a financial educator and i talk about uh the finances in in in, in the uh black uh community and but also uh especially with uh black females and how uh, atrocity it, it is of, of the they're the lowest one of the lowest paid demographics in America and so but the most educated got several degrees actually working on my next one like <laughs> got all these degrees and definitely feel like when when is it my time when yeah. it, you know and I think so I started my MBA then stopped Mm -hmm. because I was like, it's too much, it's too much. Yeah. So my, I'm getting ready to start my master's in social work, then hopefully my doctorate, and then y'all can call me Dr. Dudell. <laughs> I, I love it, I love it. So do you think you may go back into uh, the field or, or you may just do something else, but not in, in I, the industry? Yes, yeah. I just feel like, I think after COVID, we just didn't, you know, that was a shock to everybody. Of yeah. course, the event industry, there was no events going on. People couldn't right. meet up, you know. So I think I've just wanted to have something to fall back on. Yeah. Um, social work has always been my heart and my passion. I tell people anytime, I still do social work in here. When I meet with these couples who look like they want to be married. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I know some 
place of just like, let me take your money. And I'm like, honey, I plan weddings, not marriages. Right. So I can plan your wedding. What you do at the marriage is up to you. So I still do social work. It's just a little different. Yeah. But um, I think eventually I will go back in the field. Okay. Um, I'm well, not sure. <laughs> one, one thing, Lashana, COVID has taught most of us, if we, we caught, caught, caught a hold of it, uh, you need to have multiple streams of income. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one shut down, you got something else, you know, uh, uh, you know, and uh, I'm in that, that boat, I, you know, some shut down, I'm a, you know, I, I got, I still got a, a stream. Uh, so, uh, so I've been knowing that for years, but, but it, it taught us that. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like I don't do enough. I, I mean, I have this business. It doesn't always, you know, people don't realize going into business is the best and worst decision you'll ever make for yourself. That's true. Yep. Because like it needs to that that money needs to come in. I actually substitute teach on the side. <laughs> right. I mean, it 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 has to come from right. somewhere, somewhere. You know, you know, I I'm single parent. I'm making it happen. Yeah. Um, and there, yeah, you feel stressed. You get tired. Um, I'll wash my face and I keep it moving. That's you it. know, a, a lot of people have no clue what it takes. And they, you know, like I said, sometimes I don't think I do enough. And I'm like, and everybody's like, no, you, you do a lot. How do you do it? You know, I had somebody say, you're 50% is most than most people's 100%. Right. And in my head, I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it. Let's go. So. Awesome. Well, Lashana, I've enjoyed this uh, interview. I told you it'll be a conversation. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. <laughs> uh, two things: uh, final thoughts, and then tell uh, my audience how they can find you and connect with you. Oh, final thoughts on what, Troy? <laughs> Whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think my final thoughts to everybody is. Everything is, you always hear everything that glitters is not gold. Everybody thinks that, you know, it's so easy for some people. And none of this has ever been easy. Has it been worth it? Yes. There are days when I sit in here and I say, why do I do this? Mm -hmm. And there are days that I'm in here and I say, you know, this is why I do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're going to have those days um how everyone can find me um contrary to popular belief i do not live at the event room but <laughs> um they can find me on facebook and instagram um fwb event room um i also have um fwbeventroom.com uh, where else am i i am on linkedin um, Lashana Chase on Deville on Facebook, um, Shana Amar, <laughs> like there are so many different ways I can be found. But if you look up FWB event room, you can't miss me. I am there. My phone number is there. Um, I am, I try to try to do all the social medias. It's a lot though. It is, believe me, I know. <laughs> it's a lot. I can't, I can't TikTok. I can't do all this stuff just yet. It's a lot. Um, as young as I look, I am not that young. 
And I, oh, that's all the things. <laughs> One more thing to add in. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, everyone, my, my tribe, my community, uh, Troy Talks, uh, thank y'all for uh, listening in. When this uh, uh, podcast episode come out, do us a favor. Uh, please uh, like it, share it, uh, give us a review, uh, and uh, make sure you connect with Lashana. Uh, you may be getting ma married or uh, some type have one some type of event in this Northwest Florida area, the Fort Walton Beach, Beach and Destin area. Uh, I've been to the event the room a few times. It's a very nice and elegant, classy uh, place. Uh, so Thank it might you. be somewhere where you can have you <laughs> can have a great event. Uh, Thank you. That's all I got, everyone. I hope everyone have a, a great day and an awesome rest of, rest of your week. Thank you for listening in.